0: Welcome to another edition of Confessions of a Movie Critic. I'm Spling. Uh, This week, or (laughs) I say this week, but uh, I wish this was a weekly podcast. It's more of an as-and-when podcast. And uh, in this edition, just to get it right, I'm going to be talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Now, it dawned upon me this week that... uh, It's actually one of my favorite films of all time, and I have had that in the back of my mind all along. But a question that people love to ask someone that uh, deals with movies and writes about movies and reviews scripts and all kinds of stuff, they love to know what is your favorite movie of all time. It's kind of like a classic and pretty obvious question, really, if you think about it. So I, you know... Obviously, need to have an answer loaded for that question, which pops up every now and then. And until now, I've always said Chinatown. Um, it's actually a Roman Polanski film, and with Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, a fantastic. Th- I'm not going to get into each of the films really. Then there's Excalibur, a John Boorman film. Nigel Terry, Helen Mirren, um, Liam Neeson. You know, Patrick Stewart. It's actually quite funny how many famous. Uh, and well-regarded actors are in that film, and then finally Sunset Boulevard, the Billy Wilder film, um, with Norma Desmond and all the quotes, and the famous beginning, and uh, a film that pretty much inspired David Lynch's career. So those are the films that I always reference when someone says, what's your favorite film? I can't say one film, I have to say three. But now I'm realizing, actually, if I'm honest with myself, the fourth one. It seems stupid, doesn't it? I can't pick one of those those films. And uh, there is a fourth one. And that is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's a strange choice because it's not an obvious choice for someone's favorite film. I am a fan of Monty Python and uh, have been for quite a while. The Flying Circus, um, all that stuff. Um, The irreverent stuff I haven't really gravitated towards as much. But... I uh, had a thing for medieval kind of stuff. I used to draw knights and all kinds of things as a kid, and uh, had a lot of fun doing that. I also used to draw um, Brave Star type forts um, that were weaponized, and you know how the town would basically pull um, through mechanical sort of um, um, lines would be able to pull itself into a fort. I always thought that was amazing. And a friend and I did that. We drew those pictures. And I love drawing stuff. I loved medieval Lego. Maybe my parents are to blame for all that. And Monty Python and the Holy Grail just appealed to me. It's got a wacky sense of humor, um, follows through very much with their sketch ideas, um, and uh, quite layered, actually, surprising um, political sketches. Um, Just like off-the-wall absurd stuff. Um, and so many quotable quotes. Um, one of my favorite movie um, lines of all time is the one where the squire is assisting a knight, and a message comes in by way of arrow, hits the messenger um, square in the chest, and his dying words are, message for you, sir. Um, I just thought that was fantastic. And, I mean, you know, there's, there, there's so many lines in that actual scene where... Um, the king of the swamp, the swamp king, is uh, at his window with his son and surveying the land and how he leaves the room with the guards getting very confused about whether they're staying or going with him. It just goes on and uh, (laughs) it's a film that I still am so amused by after having watched it so many times. In one sitting I actually managed to watch that film three times over. The first time was very studiously. The second time was less studiously. Um, and the third time was with Romanian sub... I think was, sorry, I think the second time was with subtitles. And the third time was um, I just switched over to Romanian. So, <laughs> I'm a big, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you, you, I don't even have to say it. Um, African swallows, you know, um, coconut husks actually have a copy of Monty Python and the Holy Grail that I was selling through Facebook Marketplace and decided that I'd add two coconut husks as part of the special edition saying free horse and obviously a couple of people really appreciated that. Uh, it's just a sense of humour that's got a little bit lost in uh, from another age where people would actually be given money to be a bit more experimental with their comedy and wouldn't have to be like a bankable idea, they could actually just try something. Uh, even if it doesn't quite work, which a lot of their sketches don't. Uh, you know, I love Monty Python, had the honor actually of meeting John Cleese himself at one point, and uh, didn't really get into a whole discussion with him about Monty Python specifically, but uh, knew that I was going to be seeing him, so wore my Monty Python and the Holy Grail t-shirt, and uh, he was quite quick to point out that the quote on the front of the t-shirt uh, had too much punctuation. And being one of the people that actually wrote the script, I'm pretty sure he's spot on. (laughs) Um, He went on to sort of talk about the Edict of Nantes and all kinds of stuff. He's such a history buff and uh, is very well-spoken and intelligent and uh, uh, kind of a lot like the way he speaks. Um, You can sort of imagine him actually, I read his biography and you can imagine him actually speaking that biography out. You can actually hear him talking at some points. Anyway, so Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the night where uh uh I think it's the black knight where he's uh at the bridge you shall not pass and uh, gets mowed down. There are so many classic comedy sketches that have actually been quite inspirational to a lot of people. And it's a film that is just so it was made on such a modest budget. Um, you know, Terry Gilliam's Animated stuff is in it it 's very eclectic, and it just is such an entertaining film, and so funny as well, so genuinely funny with uh, the most outlandish um, scenarios and this quest for the holy grail and uh, I just love that film so much, and uh that 's why it deserves a spot and that 's why it 's quite strange that i haven 't included it and I think maybe part of the reason i didn 't include it in that top three is because when you tell someone that Monty Python and the Holy Grail is one of your favorite films of all time, there tends to be some stigma attached to that. And, uh, you know, the idea that that's such a a wacky kind of film, it it does actually tell you a lot about a person. But maybe I just wasn't ready for people to know that about me. But I like to listen to, to music like The Darkness, and that band is basically the Monty Python of rock, in my opinion, and they just have so much fun. It's really silly. It's quite sort of irreverent at times, um, just lampooning themselves, even um, not afraid to kind of do stuff and try stuff. And the experimental edge um, just keeps it exciting and fresh. And yeah, Monty Python well, and that, that film's still like so fresh today, even though it was made uh, a very long time ago and dated in some respects, you know, the the comedy still is very edgy, and the idea and boldness of being able to say, you know what, we don't have money for horses, let's get creative, let's try something different here, let's get some coconut husks and pretend those are the horses, and let's just do this film with coconut husks uh, clip-clopping instead of horses. It's insane, it's nuts, it's funny, it's uh, so refreshing, and that's, I suppose, why I love watching it again and again. It doesn't lose its appeal and it has got this timeless feel to it there's a universal um thing going on with the comedy uh, the knights of knee and even though it is so iconic and so well remembered and quoted furiously all the time uh it's still maintained its edge and that's something really special i think the weakest part in that film is when i think it's galahad goes to the um the uh, I think it's almost like a nunnery, um, the shining beacon on the, the on the hill, where um, all the sort of virgins are there. That's that's probably the weakest dip for the film with Michael Palin, but overall, still an amazing film. And strangely enough, it actually doesn't really have an ending, and maybe that's part of its lasting, enduring uh, charm. That it's sort of it's almost like they didn't really know what to do with it when they got to that point. Uh, But just so much magical stuff going on in that film. And that's why I feel that uh, you can hear it in my voice. The way I'm talking about it, it is one of my favorite films of all time. And uh, I think it deserves a spot. So from today going forward, I need to say Chinatown, Excalibur, Sunset Boulevard, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait. And one more thing like Columbo likes to say. I actually screened this in a theater for a birthday a few years ago. And it is insane. (laughs) It's actually such a perfect film to play in a theater and not on your screen because it's so much fun in the beginning where they are just messing, toying around with things, having uh, a toothpaste commercial play out. And uh, there's just so much... Nonsense going on that it almost deserves to be played on the big screen in a cinema um, I love the, the the Terry Gilliam edge that uh, Monty Python brings where it's animation, it's live action And then there's this kind of weird place that both of those can coexist at some points And uh, the sense of humor that comes through from this wackiness uh, is just incredible So yeah Uh, loved it enough to have it played at a birthday screening and uh, everyone enjoyed it and really deserves to actually get that cinema treatment when you do watch it so try that if you can get a projector get a big white sheet if you really have to and just project it onto a bigger screen in your lounge even if that is what you're going to do or maybe make it your birthday screening as well and uh, let your friends see what it's all about cheers